0: Oh, no, it's great. I've, like I said, I've never, virtually never seen these. Oh, yeah. Now, who's the guy with the uh, kerchief? That's what I would like to know. Um, if you have uh, read the fine print, oh, before, okay, no, I'll, I'll start right here. If you've read the small print in the footer of our newsletters over the years, that's the one with the little uh, diagram of Mexico up in the le- upper left-hand corner, a mission to the Baja, and then down below it says a mission work of the Presbytery of Southern California of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. I really want to start this slideshow presentation tonight by saying that. What you're going to see slides of now are a mission work of the Presbytery of Southern California of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. And we're another thing, I'm going to kind of breeze through, uh, I'd I'd like to look at these and and, uh, linger a bit because as I say, I've not seen them before. I'll move, I promise, in a bit. But... uh, uh, then with the second one set, I have a carousel. We're kind of going to go through that quickly. The slides are, are nice pictures. It's a quick kind of survey over the years of the ministry, what has been, what has happened. You will see pictures of perhaps of loved ones uh, years ago. Uh, quick show of hands. Now, believe me, I can see because there's shadows in the back. Um, raise your hand nice and high if you have ever participated on a weekend witness. <laughs> oh, man. Raise your hands. Now, stick, keep those raised. Add to the hands if a member of your family, immediate or general, but your family, like you know, cousins, aunts and uncles, has ever participated in a weekend witness. A member of your family. Wow. Wow. Virtually everybody. I mean, I mean, a huge majority. That's neat. Well, good. Thank you so much. You're going to see some pictures now, which we, I hadn't had heretofore, uh, of the weekend witness ministry and then the other pictures, we'll see some of Team Baja and the like. I do have a pointer here, too, so I can point out. Let me practice. I'll practice on Dave. Oh, man. I've never worked these laser things. What do you do to make it work? On side here. Don't look at it. Okay? Don't look at thank, it. Thank it's you. right there on the side. I'm going to try and zap. My, with my first shot, ready? I'm going to get Dave Winslow right in the ear. Ah, there it is. Got him. Okay. Now, you don't have to tell him that. Um, so, it seems to me there was one other thing I was going to say before starting, but I'll remember it when we're going back tonight. Okay, the Weekend Witness Program is a, is a program designed to, ena- to enable the churches of this presbytery uh, to come down across the border and be with us. Uh, typically, we start on Friday evening, and then we will be together all day Saturday and be involved in diaconal, or perhaps, like the case this last time, diaconal and um, Evangelistic activity, passing out tracts. We've done different different things uh, in different, the different opportunities depending on the churches that would come down. We've also done in-home evangelism, sharing of testimony, presentation of the gospel, this time uh, uh, tract uh, distribution. Weekend Witness is flexible in that we can adapt it to those who will be coming. It's, we try and design it for families to be able to come. And we have three dates throughout the calendar year for Weekend Witness, March, May, and October. The dates for 2001 have already been filled, but to it's, it's the best of my knowledge, the dates for 2002 are all open. So if you'd like to get more information about Weekend Witness after this evening, and during sure tomorrow you can just talk to me about that, and we'll see what, what can be put on the calendar. This past May, so I guess it was just barely a month ago, uh, Westminster Orthodox Presbyterian Church came down and participated, and we, on Friday night, got together and learned a hymn. And uh, we sang a hymn in Spanish, learnt, went through the words, and did it in uh, a four-part harmony. Practiced it Friday night and then again on Saturday night, and then sang it in worship. Weekend Witness made the choir uh, for special music for Sunday morning worship. Here you see John Kent and elders, um, both of them, John and David Winslow, unloading lumber. And I'm not even sure where they ended up. We split up and went into two different parts to bless uh, families who are related to our church. Not necessarily, I don't believe, uh, in the case of one family, they're not members of our church. Uh, He, the head of household, is building, his name is uh, Julian, and he's building a septic tank for his house and had it pretty well done and framed out. But what we want to do is pour some of the cement walls and get the septic tank ready to go. And these are the pictures you will see of that. There, the ceremonial first pour. I think there were more on that site just than you and uh, Dave, right, John? You can keep going, thanks. Oh, Every job needs a supervisor who, <laughs> notice there's no tools in his hand, but he sure seems to be barking orders pretty effectively. I really wanted you to see the, uh, you know. Yeah, because that was the second day I was wearing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was only kidding, Jane. And here at the same work site, you certainly recognize a lot of the participants. I like that picture. <laughs> uh, all right, such, such enthusiasm on the faces. <laughs> uh, just chopping at the bit, getting ready to go. But you know what you notice, is what we don't have are things like cement mixers <laughs> and the like. But we, well, we have plenty of shovels, and there have been weekend witnesses where I haven't even had shovels, and we really have to scratch our heads figuring out what to do. Uh, you're right, right. I thought you would enjoy that one, Debbie. I, I, look at the determination on her face. That's great. So you've got to pour the... Uh, I'm not sure what's going on here. It looks like perhaps they're uh, getting the dirt ready to go, to move before they actually mix the cement. But we do things the old-fashioned way, the back-breaking way. You know, you've got pickaxes to clear and level, and then you have shovels, and you count the shovels, and mix it all up, and pour the water in, and then pour the cement. So for those of you young people getting ready for Team Baja, make sure you wear your back braces. Uh, here at the other worksite, site, we were pouring a slab to put an addition on uh, this house and to increase virtually double the size of the house at 16 feet by 16 feet. And when, we'll add a 16 by 13 foot addition. And uh, one which is very necessary for this family, the Santana family, and will be a tremendous blessing because uh, she, uh, Mari, has just given birth to uh, their first child, uh, the, the the couple as a couple of their second child. Um, some of you know the story of Juan Santana, his first wife, uh, his first wife that died in, uh, of tuberculosis, and uh, and the marvelous things the Lord has done in his life, and now the blessing to the entire family, Marty, Lord willing, and the little one uh, are to be baptized and receive as communicant members uh, in in a matter of just weeks, really soon. Next slide. <laughs> then, after we were done with those two projects, we went down the hill. I, I thought this was a, a really good shot and very telling. This is what you see in the city of Tijuana. When I say I go back into the hills and you just see uh, thousands upon thousands of homes, and then you go over the next hill and there's all these, a sea of homes. But this is very typical. Now, this might be a little um, um, extreme, the topography. Um, I don't think that we've worked in a place quite as steep as that. But there are many such places. The canyons, the ravines of Tijuana, they're all filled and just crammed in with people. And then whenever you see a little plot of land where you would say, no, it's impossible. Nobody could ever possibly build there. Sure enough, you'll go back a month or two later and a house will be uh, thrown up and put together there. So we went down to the bottom of the hill and we broke up in groups of two and four and uh, then went on each side of the street where Juan and Mari lived and came back up the hill and distributed, uh, uh, I think you see, I guess that might be me passing out a track there. Distributing tracks. Yes. Then we come back to the crumbs home, and hang outside for a while. And uh, I guess we're ready, waiting for our turn in the shower. This looks very much like Team Baja too. At the end of a long day. Next slide. Ah, uh, they're both here. We had to get that. To, I like that's a good picture. We had to get that one in. There's Benjamin and Rachel. And, of course, there's always downtime where the athletic amongst us can get the football out and start, start a pick up football game. I believe all four of these young ladies are here at this camp, aren't they? Yes, they are. Then we worship the next day. I mentioned that we prepared a hymn in four-part harmony. And also this uh, was Mother's Day in Mexico. And so we had uh, arranged some special things for the moms. Now, those of you who know Spanish, that would say, congratulations, congratulations, felicidades, mom, en to D. What is that? Well, the A was still to come, so that D should have been dia. Uh, congratulations, mom, on your day. This, this is a good shot uh, to uh, make mention now of the uh, windows that we have, although the, the contrast isn't clear. Isn't, uh, quite as sharp, well, or the camera's farther back, you can't quite see, but what we have here in these windows is the alpha on this one and then the omega on the second. And the sunrise and then the sunset, the beginning and the end. And these stained glass windows were designed by a woman utilizing her gifts for the body of Christ in the mission work in Tijuana, whose name we've mentioned and for whom we asked for prayer. She's a member at Mike Dendrink's uh, congregation at Benita, uh, OPC, and her name is June Berner. Many of you know June. I know that she's an artist, and uh, again, you'll see the touch of the Orthodox Pestrian Church throughout this entire slide presentation. We've been really blessed. Then a time of fellowship afterwards. I believe we had a meal. There is Jeff uh, Philbrook, who was the photographer for this uh show. He took all the shots and then those who participated in this last May's Weekend Witness. Okay, Okay, yeah, that that would be that. Maybe we could have just one light, house light, as we set up the other projector. Wonderful. thank you. The first slides here, thanks Bill take us right, way, way back to the start of our second church plant in the ministry to the Baja the first one from the years 1986, 1985 until 1991 and then the, a Mexican pastor came and took over that work, I was with him dear friend of mine Brito. I was with him and uh, ministering for a year or two and then they send us off there we are to start a new work I don't I can't without putting a book under it but I'd be glad to try thank you sure (laughs) sure sure here it comes Okay, but I think, I think we have quite a bit to come down. How's that? Joe, if you could stand there and focus. You know how to focus, these, okay. uh, Or if you could sit by the side and just focus. Some might be out of focus, I don't believe oh, they okay. are. And this has no automatic focus. Okay, well, after a half year of Bible study down the hill and across the street, uh, getting a core group, uh, just getting an into the community, an in-home Bible study, we then found a plot of land accessible and available. And we were able to secure that property and have put up a 20 by20 20 building. So for the first two years, this is the, uh, the church building where we met. And you can see this is right after the, the rains of 1993. You see the erosion, the heavy erosion, and many of you remember that story, where Tijuana was virtually uh, — well, it wasn't inundated. It was, it was devastated uh, by the rains. Over 100 souls perished uh, in the floods, and including relatives of one of the first contact families that we had. A, uh, a sister-in-law, and niece, or a sister, uh, yeah, sister-in-law and nephew of members of our church. Uh, what they uh, fell into the canal, the river road down there in, in Tijuana, and perished. Uh, this is so. Our, our uh, church was born amidst travail, and also you'll see that uh, our we started pretty much with ministry to children. I guess maybe I just should sit here. Here's some shots of uh, the first year of our church or the first years uh, and Vacation Bible School uh, typically. But I'll just go through these quickly now and you'll see some of the activities as we uh, would reach out to the community and invite them all to come to Vacation Bible School. And our church basically started with children but then the Lord blessed and the family started to come. One of the things we've done over the years is at Vacation Bible School we gear it towards in order to get more and more to come one of the best and most effective ways in Tijuana is by word of mouth, uh, flyers and the like. We we've tried them and we do them, but they're promptly forgotten. But we find that if people are inviting people, I mean, you might not get a huge turnout on Monday, but by Friday, especially if you give the incentive uh, to that and you tell them a real clown, I mean a real clown is going to come, and uh, and on Friday and then you tell the children and if the clown at the end of the activities cannot guess the name of every child participating, you get to pelt him with water balloons. So the kids quickly bring, bring other friends, and it grows. Well, we have up, over 100 vacation Bible schools in the summers over the years, and I believe this summer we had 120 uh, participating. So the clown goes around. They all have to sit around the edge of the patio of the church, and he goes first. He has them say, now, wait a second. I'm just, I'm just newly arrived here, but I've been told you've memorized five Bible verses this week. And they say, yes, we have. And they get all enthusiastic. Of course, they're waiting just to throw water balloons at them patiently. And the clown says, "Well, I want to hear from you first before you hear from me. Tell me, recite all your Bible verses." They really get into it and scream as the children can. I'm sure you're well aware of that. And uh, uh, then he starts and goes around uh, one by one and, and tries to guess all their, tries to say all their names. And if he gets, if he does it right, it re- usually requires a study the evening before. If he does it right, he'll mess up on the 99th name uh, to heighten the suspense. And then, of course, he'll mess up on the last name and the kids supposedly stand behind a line. Well, the first year it didn't work, so he put up a rope to keep them behind a rope. Uh, one of the things that happens, as you know, if you've ever been in these water balloon things, is they, sometimes they don't break. And then, the kid, then there's chaos. You have 50 children running for a water balloon and they want to throw it from 18 inches away at the clown. Well, the clown learned the hard way. These things hurt if, uh, if they don't break. So what he did was he uh, borrowed a hat pin in future years, and he kind of hides it there in the pant leg of his suit and then pulls it out, The uh, happiness in the right hand there, and actually just jabs at the water balloons. So, uh, so at least he doesn't get hurt, he just gets wet, which is what the children want to see anyway. So everyone's really funny. You now this little kid right here, named name Adrian, and he thinks he's just the funniest thing in the world because if, if there's the water balloon. You can see the trajectory is perfect. And, it, and, and, and he just got such a kick out of that shot. He's still talking about it. (laughs) Uh, This shot here uh, was a mistake. And um, I thought it came out so well that I kept it. And there again, you see there's a better better representation of the stained glass window on the right-hand side. They're a little out of focus, you say? Just some shots, and I'll go through them quickly, of the little ones of our church. They're not so little anymore. These, these slides are, are some years old now. Well, I guess that pretty much tells you. Uh, that the tree behind uh, Jana and me there, it, we, we planted it as a seedling. And I have a picture of the day we planted it. It was the day, the, one of the first uh, months of the church, or the first summer after our church started going. And uh, it was, oh, now it's five times the size of that picture. You should see this tree now. It's huge and it's healthy and it's, the trunk is thick and the roots are firmly established. But more excitingly, of course, than the trees, the fact that the church has been planted. The Lord is blessed and, and it's well-established and it, and it is growing. And we rejoice at the things the Lord has done. Jana, with her craft, um, with the Bible text, the Lord is my shepherd. El Señor es mi pastor. Whenever you, you know, slide sh- missionary slideshows, are a lot like uh, family photo album books, are they not? And as you uh, go through the family photo albums over the years, it's always uh, with uh, real joy and gladness mixed with sadness. And uh, and that's part of the Christian pilgrimage. Uh, We do, Raleigh, no, it was Al, you're the one mentioning, you asked us what Ebenezer means. We do uh, put up our memorial stone with our Ebenezer. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. There are some sad stories along the way in any slideshow, and I won't give you details, but any slideshow is, is filled with pictures of people who are no longer in the church. Some who never did become members, were interested for a while, even very involved for a while, but then just drifted and, and uh, faded away. Some who were members of the church and have come under discipline and have uh, not repented. And uh, I, I say that because, because you know the, the joys and, and the sorrows, the victories, and the seeming defeats, but in all, the Lord is, is good to his people and to his church, and he promises to prosper the preaching of the gospel. After, oh, many, many years, I think, I think four full, well three full years of electric electricity by generator and cranking up a generator for each of our worship services. In uh, January of, one, I guess, so around 97, uh, 96, I, I, I believe, we were wonderfully blessed by the good news that electricity was coming in. Of course, if the missionary had thought of that beforehand, he would have laid the wire and had it under the slab before so you could just hook up. But since he forgot, we had to trench out and and put it in. Here you see some of the men of the church. And then, again, the blessing of the gifted ones throughout the churches of our presbytery, uh, utilizing their gifts and bringing them down to help us in ministry. Here you see a man by the name of Dale Volzol, who's probably electrified every building we've ever used. Uh, If I could figure out how old Adrian and Jenna were in those pictures, I'd be able to tell you what year this was taken. And then we had Dale do the honors of flipping the switch as the sun set uh, the very first time we had electrical power in our church building. And then quickly, downtown, uh, this is the first church I made reference to where I was, La Iglesia Presbiteriana, yes, it's spelled with two I's, Reformada de Mexico, the Philo, and yes, it's spelled with two F's, not PH, Philadelphia Church, downtown, uh, Tijuana. Now the pastor is named Efrain Flores and his wife Lucy. They now have three, Jane? I believe, uh, they now have three children. Then the next church uh, pictured here, Christ's Ark of Salvation. Uh, this was started by a missionary named Abe Marcus, a man of the Christian Reformed Church. Just before his retirement, he started a um, a new work out there. They met for a long time in a Quonset hut. And he invited Jane and me to come out and be involved in the Vacation Bible School the very first year we had arrived in Tijuana. Here's the pastor of that work, Armando is his name, his wife in the New York Yankees cap. Sorry, San Diego Padres fan. She's a traitor. She's wearing the Yankees cap, and their four dear children. Then on the southern edge of town, Christ, bread of life. Cristo Pan de Vida and the pastor Ezekiel Miranda. Uh, his wife, Alan Delia They now have three daughters. Scott Gerink and his wife, Marsha, and their three children are missionaries with the Christian Reformed Church. They arrived in 1992, and we've worked together uh, closely over the years. This was when we were still back in the 20-foot-by-20-foot building, and the Team Baja this year was so... Large, that we just barely fit in front of the building at all. As a matter of fact, I had to have someone turn the camera and put it on the old Batman angle in order order to get everybody in the picture. But what I'm going to do, so that you all don't get seasick and dizzy, is straighten this, because I want to point out some folks who are here this evening. Well, okay, now how am I going to do this? Yeah, that's really going to help. Thanks, Dave. We, We feel a lot less seasick now. If you could just... (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> Better you than yeah, me. Oh, you got <laughs> it. Uh, let's see. Who would this be right here? There's Faith. Faith Nakla. Um, Faith or Dave, do you remember the name of the girl to Faith's left? She was from the Glendale PCA. Anyway, I, I'm not going to... Uh, tarry there, I can't, I can't remember. But I, I thought maybe some of you might know her. I believe that right here at the door is Benjamin Wagner. I'm almost sure that's Ben, the young man right there. Barbara Schertzma, with the clarinet uh, in her hand. I guess that's the saxophone. This is um, Ryan McElhaney, Chuck McElhaney's son. The girl with the flute is the pastor's daughter, Pastor Smith. Uh, is it from uh, Wheaton? Bethel, OPC, and Wheaton. Lendl, Lendl. Lendl. I could think it was Lyman. Lendl Smith, that's his daughter Bonnie. Phil Nakla is behind Bonnie, right there. This is Tim Phillips, Emily Chisholm, Gwen West- Westervelt. Andre Rochon is from the South San Francisco church. You can just barely see his forehead there. I think this might be Dave Nakla. <laughs> That's not a wild hairdo uh, on Trish, J- uh, Trish I believe Dave, is that you? I-, I think it is, because I asked you to sing tenor because we didn't have enough tenors that year and you dutifully complied, thank you very much. Then we have Joy right here and Carrie. Uh, not Ogilvy, Carrie uh, Schultz. On this side, we're right around 1995, Team Baja. Good, thanks, Joe, you can set us back down. Good. Good, Thanks. Tim, playing in the water. No, just kidding, Tim. Uh, Getting ready to help us. That year, the goal, the project for Team Baja was to pour a 20-foot, 22-foot by 40-foot slab to enlarge our church building. We had grown to the limits of our capacity, and we were getting up to around 30, 35, 40 people on Sunday morning. And, oh, you know, I appreciate the spirit of cooperation. Volunteer. That's Adrian, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of these days they're going to get even with me, but not until they can run as fast as I can. <laughs> There's George Knockley who participated. Oh, I'm going to say in three, at least Team Bahamas, and shaking the hands. I just, I think I love that picture, shaking the hands of uh, Adrian Gonzalez. I'll be telling you more. I have two stories, two missionary stories to tell in the slide presentation, but I promise you they're not about me. Again, a touch of the OPC. This was designed and, and done, uh, made by Carl uh, Markham. Carl Markham, who's a professional sign painter. Then later on that year, as the edition was finished and we received the Rodriguez family into membership of our church. And then just some shots of a slideshow that we did one year, a uh, still, still life version. Put the, the, uh, the uh, birth of Christ narrative to. Uh, and then put, them, put the whole thing to music and narration from the scriptures. Oops, I got it backwards. What I'll do is do the next one. No, I, I took it out altogether, I guess. Well, I, I'll tell you the story. This is a funny story about this one. Um, the first, I, I must have taken it out. It's in there somewhere. I think I have them out of order. But it, it was all. they were all dressed up, and they're you know, their shepherds' costumes and things like this. But they were they were looking they were looking so angelic, and and um, and, and peaceful and serene uh, as they would look at the camera. And I said, look, look, kids, the story goes like this: the shepherds were terrified when the angel came. <laughs> and and, and you're, you're you're way too cute. So I want you to, to look scared. And they I can't you can't see my face, but they just kind of looked at me and smiled. And I said, no, no, that's not scared. You're, you're looking cuter than you did before. I want you to look over to the left, and then, and then I say, what I'm going to do, I put the camera down, I made monster noises. So, some of them were acting, and they got the idea, but I, I get a particular kick out of this one who's looking at her father and, and thinking, oh no, what's happened to dad? What, what is he doing, and why is he making these noises? Of course, there's the angel. Okay, that was, that was the one I was going pick, to pick before, so I, I would have shown you that one first. When I said, cut, cut, you know, we're just not portraying what I want to do. By the way, yes, you get extra credit if you can identify the missionary children in that photo. It's not hard in uh, any major city, Tijuana, to find the appropriate props for such a... Uh, they're, they're in your next-door neighbor's yard. And we set it up by night. I love the beards in this picture. Very authentic. Special effects award. Of course, we need to portray Herod, looking very stern. I was trying to capture the idea of uh, following the star that we saw in the east. Of course, if you had to follow that, yeah, I don't know where you'd end up. <laughs> and then the visit of the Magi, more very authentic-looking beards. I might as well tell everyone that's Michael right there. Gotta get him. I gotta get him. <laughs> What would a missionary slideshow be without a sunset? A sunset picture uh, of, of, Baja, of Baja, California, correct? Right? I hear a smattering of no. Yeah, right, exactly. That's not a sunset. Come on, you guys. That's a sunset where I'm from. That's not a sunset out here. That's a sunrise, exactly. And I put that in to remind me that I was changing uh, and updating. Now we're in December of 2000, December of 2000. This past year, and you've heard the reports of that we are very encouraged about the wonderful things the Lord is doing in our youth group. And although I forgot to get my camera while well, there was still daylight and didn't get it until the sun was set, but still you get a pretty good idea of the, uh, the youth group that we have and the smiles on all their faces. There's, we're just real excited to see the way they are growing the word and they're also growing in their desire to invite their friends, neighbors to the youth group activities. And then we had something special for the little ones. Uh, this past Christmas time also. The girl on the right, left on the, on the last one, trust me, the girl on the right doesn't trust me at all, you could tell. What well, would a Christmas party, any party in Mexico be without a piñata? There's Sara uh, in the left. She's 15 years old holding the little girl Sara in the blue, on the right, I'm sorry, on the blue t-shirt. She is about to make a profession of faith and be received as a communicant member of our church. And she's holding little Jocelyn, uh, our precious child with spinal bifida, in our, in our congregation. She's a paraplegic. The piñata cones are good for a lot of uses once we've totally demolished the piñatas. There's a picture of Jocelyn. Her mom and dad are also ready to be interviewed by the elders and, and uh, make a fresh profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Two of the young people, the guy left here, a really wonderful testimony, and uh, his name is Ivan, and he's just kind of the energetic force behind what's happening in our youth group right now. And then the, the, some of the Christmas program of this past year, the, the little ones uh, did a little presentation, a Mexican poem, a, a Christian poem taken from a theme of the Bible. They learned their text and memorized them and recited them from memory and then sang a song. And then the youth group uh, did a, a, a little play there we have Isaiah reading from the scroll. Michael again, Michael. I'm really picking on you, aren't I? Like the star, there's another little touch of Moravian, That's the Moravian known as the Moravian star. And then the women uh, sang a spe- special music at the close of the service. There's our our choir. Occasion, our, our, our once in a while our occasional choir will do songs and, and special times throughout the year. And then what would a Christmas time special service be except or without a tamale dinner? We had tamales at the end of it. John Juan Santana on the left, uh, whose slab, uh, whose house we uh, were pouring the slab for, and uh, Alfonso Rodriguez on the right. The... uh, stories I wanted to tell. And what I would have done if I could have gotten this together, but we'll give you the amended version here. I asked Gabe if I could. His name is Gabriel. And he said, oh, by all means. Uh, Team Baha knows his testimony, but I'll just give it in a quick summary fashion now. But I want you to see the picture and the smile and the warmth of the smile in the background as I tell you the story. What I would have done if I'd been able to get together, I would have had Gabe telling you the story tonight via tape recording to put it on cassette recorder. And then I I was going to have you hear his voice uh, through some type of speaker system or like, and then have it fade out and I would come in and give you the translation and we tried to work it out but the time did not permit but what he would have told you was that the Lord rescued him from uh, the, uh, well, the, well, the, the sinful uh, lifestyle that he lived and he said the way that it showed itself most often was that I was an angry man I was very angry and very bitter with and it didn't take much to set me off and one of the things he told Tim Baha his story and they couldn't believe it two or three years ago because they knew the new man in Christ and as they were hearing the story of the old man, it was just such a shock to them. So one of the things that would set me off was when my wife, Betty, was all of a sudden getting interested in going to church. And, uh, and I didn't like it, but I felt there wasn't much I could do about it. But I said to her, as long as you're home when I get home, you better be home when I get home, uh, then I won't prevent you from going to church. But a couple of times there were some incidences and then he got very angry at one point and, said, and she said she kept on beseeching him to come to church with her. And he said... Uh, he kept on saying, no, I will not go. I'm not interested. Stop asking. Stop bugging me. And then finally one day he said, okay, you want me to go to church? I'll come to church and I'll grab you by your hair and I'll pull you out of that church. And what Betty would do is she would kind of a post sentry at the at the back doors of the church and that person would look for Gabe during, during the midweek Bible studies or, or prayer meetings. And when Gabe got home from work, the one gal would run to Betty and said, Gabe's coming. He's just come around the corner and, get, and Betty would get up and run out the back door of the church and scamper home to be there before Gabe got home. And then as they're tearing, telling the story together, Betty then take, took over the testimony at this point and she said, uh, there was one evening uh, in our midweek Bible study where um, I was in the front row and I turned around and I froze. I froze because to my horror there was Gabe at the back in the doors of the church. And I just I just turned around and I went rigid and I just started to pray. Oh Lord, please don't let there be an incident. Oh Lord, please uh, let there, let, let, I just, I just pray that there wouldn't be an incident here inside the church. And, um, then Gabe took the story over and he said and, and she said and I'm not, I'm not sure what happened and Gabe said as I walked in I had every intention of making a scene and getting my wife out of there but suddenly and I can't explain how it was I sat down in the back set of row of chairs and I just quietly bowed my head and I, and I just listened and I started to pray and, and the Lord it's just one of the most miraculous and marvelous stories of conversion that we have heard and seen in our ministry, the way he's worked in Gabe's heart and life. Gabe is such a compassionate man. He's full of love for others. He is constantly looking for opportunities to minister diaconally. and encouraging the men of our church to do the same. Here he's on top of a roof that he'd heard about leaked. He found this family and he said to the men of the church, can't we get some rolled roofing and and, uh, fix their leaky roof? And as we were Getting ready to finish the job, I, I was getting off the ladder and I said, hey Gabe. And he, he said, what? And I said, look at me. And then I, caught, I caught that a very natural smile on Gabe's face. And uh, you, can, you can see the new man there as we give glory to God for the great things he has done in Gabe's life. As a matter of fact, Gabe and Betty will be a host family uh, for Team Baja this year for, uh, for the second year. And then these last pictures take us back a ways. And I'll just tell you a couple more stories. We're getting close to 8 o'clock. I'd like to finish my 8. Here, Timothy David, Timothy, our firstborn, is being baptized in uh, the Philadelphia church in downtown Colonia Cacho of Tijuana. Yes, that is Timothy too. I'm sure he'll get even with me one way or another. Probably on the volleyball court. Uh, Alejandro and Polo at their wedding, on their wedding day, at the same church building and uh, Polo gave his life to Christ in our living room as a young man. He went through some real struggles with rejection. His family uh, was made, made life very difficult for him. And uh, the Lord was faithful to him throughout and they are faithful Christians. They're not going to our church. They've uh, uh, transferred over to another church in town. But we've maintained uh, a warm and wonderful friendship over the years and they too will be host families for Team Baja this year and have been many years, many of the years. They now have one, two, three. Three children, a girl, and two boys. Adrián and Raquel, you saw George Nakla shaking Adrián's hand. The first time Adrián ever spoke to me at all, the first two times I saw him, he wouldn't speak to me, and it was clear he didn't want to speak to me, but the first time he spoke to me, I think it was because I was trying to insist on this just getting to know him and say hi. It was outside of our church worship service. He came only because his mother and father had started to come through uh, our downtown open-air uh, uh, street ministry and a distribution of tracts and literature. I uh, just stand on the streets every Thursday night and on one of the most busy streets uh, and, and uh, pass out tracts and we would invite people to come into the storefront and see a, see a film. And uh, his, his dad, I got to know him that way, and he came into the context of the ministry, and he came, into, he came to know Christ and came to the church. So Adrian started coming, but really uh, not out of any interest in spiritual things whatsoever. As a matter of fact, uh, he, he uh, was a pretty angry young man, had a noticeable chip on his shoulder. And when I did go up and say, hi, I'm, I've seen you a couple times, I'm glad to meet you. My name is Dave Crum, what's your name? He just, uh, I'll never forget this. He looked at me and said, you know, I don't think you really have anything to say to me and I, I would just as soon keep it that way. And then the Lord worked tremendously in Adrian's heart. And he, he came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. His wife there, pictured Raquel, was also uh, passing by in the street, returning from school. She was a senior in high school when I, I gave her a track. And she kept on walking. And then I, I uh, you're distributing tracks to all these people as you're walking by. But I noticed that when she got to the streetlight, at the corner that she stopped and the light changed and she didn't cross. And she stopped and turned. And I said, you know, we show films and if you're interested either tonight or another, e- another evening, uh, I would invite you to come by. And, and the thing is, she was studying with the Jehovah's Witness right during those times, as was her mother. And uh, the, ti- the timing, the blessing of the Holy Spirit, the Lord worked in her life and heart, in Raquel first. And she just uh, was, was uh, so energetic and enthusiastic for her faith in the Lord. And then after about a period of about three years, uh, as Adrian came into the youth group and became a Christian and was baptized, about a year or so after that, they were married. I performed their wedding ceremony. I thought I had another picture there, but uh, I have a picture in closing of Abe Marcus and Dor- his wife Doris, who are the Christian Reformed Church missionaries that I made reference to earlier that started the work, uh, which met in the Quonset hut before they left for Mexico City had a three-year stint there, and are now retired and living in Escondido. Uh, Abe is a remarkable man. Timothy and Michael called him Grandpa Abe for the first years of their lives. Grandma Doris, uh, he taught me so very many things. But foremost of all that he taught me was a passion and a burden for the lost. Uh, Abe is constantly sharing his faith. He, he's never caught without a track in his pocket, or a Bible in his hand. And he's constantly thinking of new ways to share the gospel or, or perhaps to help people, to or to get a guy on his feet, thinking and being creative in how he can get a guy a job, doing this or doing that, working with his hands, restoring and cleaning ovens, gas ovens, and selling them, whatever it might be. Um, the whole gospel for the whole man. Well, that would, that would characterize Abe Marcus's ministry. Well, he was down in, uh, in Veracruz, in the state of da- Veracruz on the bay, on the Gulf, in the interior of Mexico for a while before he came to Tijuana. And there's, you know, it's very low-lying areas and the rivers evidently are high and there are many areas, parts of that region of the country of Mexico that are inaccessible by vehicle. You can't get there. You can only get there by boat, a little lanchita with an outboard motor. And Abe had, and he, he, he uh, got such a boat, and he said, you know, Doris, there's houses back in there and, um, you know, we ought, we ought to be able to start, we, we have this mission work not by, this little fledgling Uh, Mission work, but we ought to be able to get into these houses somehow, and I'm not sure how we can. Well, he thought about that, and he decided to wrap New Testaments with an explaining tract, presenting the gospel of salvation, a very small little package, and he wrapped them in plastic, and then he wrapped the plastic in heavy electrical tape. Then he went armed with about 50 of these packages uh, one evening a week, uh, and he would go up and down the river and in. (laughs) I kid you not, this is just remember, it's like A. Marcus. He would, he would load them up with a slingshot. And, and, and he would stand on the boat with a slingshot. And he would, he would pull it back and he would just fire these things. Because <laughs> and, 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 uh, he couldn't otherwise get there. But this was such a strange sight to see, especially for the little ones of Veracruz, that they would start yelling you know, The gringo's coming, the gringo's coming. The guy in the boat, and he's going to start shooting things at us again. And they realized they were packages. And, uh, and they would go running and scurrying and get them. Now, you know, we, we, we laugh, and, and perhaps we almost laugh incredulously at such a story, do we not? Uh, you know, how could the Lord possibly use such a tactic to his greater glory? Well, now you'll know the rest of the story. One, one young boy, seven years old, went out and retrieved one of those packages, and he brought it in to his father. His father was a man who was a drunk he was an alcoholic. He was abusive to his wife in several ways, uh, by being by being absent for long periods of time, but even being at times not very, but to a degree, physically violent. And the son brought the package to the father. And guess what happened, folks? The father's heart was softened, and he came to a conviction of sin, and he came to the remedy for sin in the Savior, Jesus Christ. And I met this man for the first time this past Christmas. And he's now a ruling elder in the church down in southern Mexico, in the state of Veracruz. For 15 years, his wife despised him for becoming an evangelical, an hermano, an alleluia, and gave him the real cold shoulder. But after 15 years of praying for his wife, she gave her life to Jesus Christ. And we met them this past uh, Christmas as husband and wife, believers. I'm sorry, she, she she was not able to make it. We just met uh, him, but we heard the story. But the thing is, not the seven-year-old, but the newborn. A two-year-old in the same family is the name Adolfo Escamilla. And many of you know him. Some of you met him on Weekend Witness. He's the pastor of our church today. The two-year-old boy uh, was in that family whose father's heart was changed. And he, Adolfo, says, I really didn't know this whole story. I've heard, it, I've heard it many times. But I just am so glad that, that when I was born and raised, I was raised under the influence of a changed man and my father who taught me in the Bible since I was a little boy. And now he, Adolfo, the pastor of our church, and his wife, Reina, have uh, two boys. They also have a girl. I need to update the picture. There's Jesse, Isaiah Benjamin in suspenders, and Hasiel is their little precious daughter. I believe, perhaps, I'm not, well, wait, let's see. Yes, that's my last slide. Uh, precious memories. Um, Alan, would there be any announcements before we dismiss, or Bill, or whomever?